Hi, this is Hippie Mama. I hope you guys are all having a wonderful, beautiful Thursday. I definitely am. And so, you know, I love poetry. Um, and you might know by now that I love going to poetryoutloud.org. It is a wonderful website with an array of different poets, um, different time eras, uh, just so many poems. It's like I fall into this poetry bowl and I just scoop up and throw up, not physically throw up, <laughs> I meant like, you know, just throw up all these poets' names and their their poems and then I'm able to just pick and choose whatever I love and I love this site. So if you guys haven't visited, please check it out. Please, if you love poetry, I promise you, you will love poetryoutloud.org. Uh, it is something there for every uh, lover of poet, of poets, of poems. <laughs> um, so you're sure to find something you like. But as you know, I do a lot of random um, picking and choosing. Um, and especially when I really like a poem by one of the poets on here, I may actually look a little bit further to see if they have any more and we'll read them. But I just kind of jump around. Um, with the poems that I read uh, out from here. And so the first one is entitled Aria. It's by David Barbara. What if it were possible to vanquish all this shame with a wash of varnish instead of wishing the stain would vanish? What if you gave it a glossy finish? What if there were a way to burnish all this foolishness, all the anguish. What if you gave yourself leave to ravish all these ravages with famished relish? What if there were your way to flourish? What if the self you love to punish, canvish, peevish, wolfish, sheepish, were all slicked up in something lavish. Why so squeamish? Why make a fetish out of everything you must relinquish? Why not embellish what you can't abolish? What would be left if you couldn't brandish all the slavishness you failed to banish? What would you be without this gibberish? What if the true worth of the varnish were to replenish your resolve to vanquish every vain wish before you vanish? And obviously, you know, I love this poem. Um, this was very strong. This poem really kind of sums up everything a lot of us go through on a daily basis we hold on to the things and why not just let it go just ah that was what it <laughs> you'll see if I haven't talked to you about it you'll see I think I talked to you about it I don't know guys I have been like really trying to um get those 30 prayers out in the next 30 days so I've been kind of going all over the place so I'm not sure if some things that I've said have already been played or if they're coming up to be played. But anyway, let's talk about this poet. David Barbara is poetry editor of the Atlantic. 
where he has been a staff editor since 1994. Barbara has taught writing and literature at Middlebury College, the Harvard Writing Program, MIT's Program in Writing and Humanistic Studies, and the Emerson College Graduate Writing Program. He also writes on natural history, music, and art. Well, I really loved that poem. Uh, Here's another one by him. It's called Corn Maze. Here's where you can get nowhere. Faster than ever as you go under, deeper and deeper. In the fertile smother of another acre, like any other, you can't peer over and then another. And everywhere you veer or hair, there you are further and further, a field than before. But on you blunder in the verdant meander, as if the answer to looking for cover were to bewilder your inner minotaur and near and far were neither here nor there and where you are is where you are okay so what I think I figured out from trying to read his poems and I don't know what this is called but he has a lot of words that um, make you I don't want to say pronounce things a certain way it's just that you I don't know what I'm looking for Gosh, I wish I I could explain what I was saying, but I feel like it's almost like a tongue twister. Yeah, I think that's what I wanted to say. It's kind of like a tongue twister in a sense, but they're not. Yeah, his poems are not tongue twisters, but they are in that format. And that's what. Yeah, that's what I feel. (laughs) All right. So let's do another one. Uh, This is by Nikki Grimes. It's called Stomp. S-T-O-M-P. I come home, feet about to bleed from angry stomping. Boy, says mom, quit making all that racket. But what does she expect when day after day haters sling words at me like jagged stones designed to split my skin? I retreat to my room, collapse on my bed, count one, two, three. When I get to ten, I snatch up journal and pen flip to a clean page and unload my hurt my rage till I can't breathe again letter by letter I rediscover my power to decide which words matter which words don't and who's calm now I remember I get to choose love that point for some reason I feel like I might have read this one before um because it does seem very familiar, um, but it's also, um, you know, hitting me to my soul directly, because when I think back about some of the words that were said in the poem, you know, you get home, you're overwhelmed, you're hurt, you're upset, you know, but you still can't even really express it to the people in the home, so you, you go upstairs, or you go in your room, and you just take a few minutes, and then you you write, you write, And uh, then you think about as you're writing or as you've heard the words that have been said to you, you know, I am the master of my own fate. 
I choose if I let hateful words attack me or if I let hateful words flee and I don't hold on to them. So it's really up to me. I choose. I choose. So Nikki um, was born in Harlem in 1950 at the age of 13. She gave her first poetry reading at the County Cullen Library, a block away from where she was born. She has won numerous awards, including the 2003 Coretta Scott King Award, given each year by the uh, American Library Association to an African-American author and illustrator for outstanding inspirational and educational contributions. In 2006, she won the National Council of Teachers of English Award for Excellence in Poetry for Children. I like that one. So let's check out another one by Miss Nikki Grimes called The Last Word. I am a door of metaphor waiting to be opened. You'll find no lock, no key. All are free to enter at will. Simply step over the threshold. Remember to dress for travel, though visitors have been known to get carried away. (laughs) I like that, Nikki. I do. Aren't we all just kind of open doors and we can either close that door so that people can't enter or we can open it and allow people to come in. Um, People will either be impressed or not, um, but more than likely they will be impressed. And so they have to be careful not to get carried away. I really like that. That is such a, a, a... quick poem but it says a lot it speaks volumes 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 that was very good Mm. all right the next one I'm going to read is called the racist bone by Cornelius Eddie Eddie I think that might be Eddie E-A-D-Y I know this is a real thing because when I was a kid my big sister took me to the Capitol Theater in my hometown of Rochester, New York. And there was a movie that afternoon, The Tingler, which starred Vincent Price. And what I remember best about the film was that it was about this extra insect-like gland that we all appear to have been born with. But nobody but sci-fi movie scientists knew about it. If it wasn't fed properly, it would crawl up your leg and choke you to death with its claws. Your only hope was if you saw it coming and knew what it was, you could scream loud, which we did. When it crawled across the screen, then the lights blacked out and Vincent Price shouted it had skirted off the screen, hungry, which it hadn't. The Capitol was the black movie house, 25 cents a seat, the last drop of profit squeeze from the theatrical run. No need to pull Mr. Castle's hokey string and rubber model down the aisles for the likes of us. In our heads, the tingler scurried, our darkest screams. The horror we know but won't talk about from the mouth of the corpse. Like a weevil looking for a home, 
So many characters perished in that movie. They never believed they had it in them until those pinchers closed. Wow. Okay, this <laughs> this is really good and it does speak um about a lot of things uh that we all I think do have inside of us. Um and you know, some more than others, but I think there might be a little bit in everybody at some point whether it's regarding skin or any other thing that we may not necessarily agree or believe in. Um, it says the poet and co-founder of Cave Kanim, Cornelius Eddie, or Eddie, has published more than a half dozen volumes of poetry. Music is a central theme of Edie's work, along with family and the challenges unique to the African-American experiences experience Edie's ability to examine several stories at once while pairing the lyrical intersection of these lives to moments remarkable in their clarity exuberance and vulnerability has garnered critical acclaim in 1996 Edie and poet um, found founded Cave Canem a nonprofit organization that supports emergent African-American poets through a summer retreat, regional workshop, a first book prize, annual anthologies, and events and readings across the country. Wow, interesting. I didn't, you know, I, I'm telling you guys, this is why I love Poetry Out Loud. You find out so many fascinating facts about people. Um, you hear different works um, and all of the things that people are doing I, I mean I think this is absolutely beautiful absolutely beautiful um, so let me see if I can find maybe one or two more poems to read and then we will call it a day um, but I really truly truly love uh, poetry uh, I've always been fascinated with um, poems I used to try to write poems um, I did. I had, you know, it's just like you just find things you love doing and you do it, right? That's the important thing. You just get out there and you do it. So let's close, and this is we're gonna close on an eerie poem. <laughs> I know Halloween is past, but oh well. Who says it has to be Halloween to have an eerie poem, right? Let's see. All right, let's do, we're going to, we're going to do this one. The Dream Play by Derek uh, Mahon. I know, I don't know how long this is either, guys. So hopefully it's a 25 line or less, but it starts. What night rule now about this haunted grove? The spirits have dispersed. The woods faded to gray from midnight blue, leaving a powdery residue. Night music fainter, frivolous gods withdrawing, cries of yin and yang, discord of the bionic young, cobweb and insects, hares and deers, while strawberries in Elglanton dawn, silence of the biosphere, amid the branches a torn wing. What 
is the what is this enchanted place? Not the strict groves of academia, but an old thicket of lost time. Too cool for school, recovered space where the brain yields to nose and ear, folk remedy and herbal cure, old narratives of heart and hand, and a dazed donkey starry-eyed with pearls and honeysuckle crowned. Beside her naked nibs is laid wild viruses. Ellison feels our own planet lit by the fire of molten substance, constant flux, hot ice, and aerobatic sex, the electric moth touch of desire, and a new vision, a new regime, a new regime where the white blaze of physics yield yields to yellow moonlight, dance and dream, induced by what mind altering drug or rough cast magic realism till morning bright with ant and bug shines in a mist of glistening gizm. Shifting identities, mutant forms, angels evolved from snails and worms. Okay, that was the end of that and a little bit about the poet. Affiliated with the generation of young poets from Northern Ireland who rose to prominence in the 1960s and 70s. Mahon, or Mahan, maybe it's Mahan. Mahon was best known for illuminating the ordinary aspects of daily life through his skillfully crafted verses. Verse, often working in received forms, his lucid sculpted lines incorporated both classic allusion and contemporary life. A voluntary exile from his native Belfast, Mahon explored themes of isolation, loneliness, and alienation in his poetry. Well, it was a very nice poem, uh, a lot in there. Uh, definitely, you guys probably want to go back and reread because I think I, I did not do this poem justice, but um, definitely go back and check it out. Um, and yeah, so that's it for today, guys. I hope you are all having a wonderful, wonderful week and that things are just going great for you. Be blessed. Know that you are loved. Um, join me tomorrow. Join me tonight. We've got our prayer night tonight, so it'll be quick. I won't keep you long. Um, but yeah, take care. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.